This is Secrets of Ecstatic Relationships, Part 1, and this is a bit funny that I'm talking about secrets to ecstatic relationships when I've just come out of an argument. But I think it's really important to recognise that there is a place for argument, and there is a place for anger, and there is a place for the other emotions, for softness and for care and for for gentleness. And... and just being sweet all of the time is not what relationships are about. It's about a connection to something bigger, a universal connection, that includes myself and the other person, but it also includes something greater. And because you're connected to something greater, you care about yourself and you care about that other person equally. And you look for things that will work for both people. And emotions come up and issues come up and we don't always have the right answer immediately. But I think the central starting point is this attempt to find what works for you and what works for the other person. A kind of acknowledgement and... um, presence and acceptance of who we are and that acceptance can show up in a very gentle compassionate way and it can also can show up in a struggle it can show up in a active attempt to find something that is not easy and is is difficult there's an article i read once that said there are four different ways that people deal with arguments in relationships. And three of them are healthy and effective, and the fourth of one is not. So as long as we're doing one of those three, the the other one are not doing this fourth one that is really, really destructive, shall we say. Then it's not too bad, and it's possible to, to move forward. And relationships often, different relationships tend towards different ones of these problem-solving techniques. So one of the techniques is passionate argument. Excuse the sounds in the background if they're coming through. I hope it won't continue too long. One of them is passionate argument. Where the issues are brought to light and dealt with through passionate argument. But there is a kind of honesty and integrity in that argument where we are trying to deal with those issues. And so the issues get dealt with. The second one is a very gentle, understanding conversation. And this is another way to deal with issues. I much prefer this gentle understanding conversation, but sometimes it's not possible. And the third one is taking space. We step aside. We don't talk about it, but we think about it and we process it internally. So all of those three ways have in them an ability to resolve and transform and make relationships better. 
The fourth one that I read about was this idea that you would bring up your issues from the past. So when you're arguing, instead of arguing about this is the issue here, you say, ah, this is always what you do, this is what you did last time, and this is how it happened before, and this just proves that there's something or other going on. It's difficult for me to find a good example of it because I'm... It's not in my head, and I'm, and I have always had trouble remembering arguments and uh, conversations in detail. But uh, imagine that somebody had some issue of uh, abandonment, or maybe better, some issue of feeling attacked, and so they say, "Ah, oh, you're attacking me. You always attack me." You're just like my dad, he always attacked me. Uh, what's the point? And then the thing that happens is that you're not dealing with the issues anymore. You're dealing with your memories. Um, and this can happen actively in argument. It can also happen happen quietly internally, that we're dealing with all of our stuff from the past rather than this issue that's right here. So, of course, one of the things that this lends itself to is is the need to transform ourselves to get over these issues of the past so that we are more free and more able to respond actively in the present. But also, if we can just recognize what is the past and what is the present and focus on what is the issue now, then that can be really helpful. Another thing that comes up in this discussion is the the idea of ego and spirit. So in in the spiritual awakening community, there's a lot of talk about getting away from ego to spirit, getting out away from your small self to your big self. And ego and spirit, it's essentially about separation versus unity. So moving away from a concept of self that separates you from the other to a concept of self that unites you with the other. And it can be sometimes difficult to tell the difference between ego and spirit because it, spirit is generally more compassionate and gentle, but that doesn't mean that spirit is never angry. You know, we take... And the two classic examples from the East and the West of great spiritual masters that are admired and whole traditions are based on, Jesus in the West and Krishna in the East. Incidentally, very similar names in terms of Christ and Krishna. Um, potentially, there may be a link between them, but I'm not sure. Anyway, the point is, both of them have stories of being very aggressive. And they really fight when they need it to be. And yet are seen as coming from spirit and coming from divine action at all times. How is this possible? Obviously there are times when aggression and power is necessary. But only at the right times. And how do we know? We know if we are listening to that quiet voice inside, the loving inspired voice inside and we can feel its 
love inspire us and this is this is what is inspiring our action and to be able to do this in a passionate situation is very difficult to be able to identify what is the true spiritual passion and what is my personal disconnected aggression and I think I do it reasonably well but I would say there's a lot to learn I'm far from having fully mastered this But it's kind of an ongoing growth process to be able to learn to listen to that voice and the voice of the creative, inspired, positive voice that guides us and not to the separated, fearful, angry voice of the ego. It's a lot easier to start listening to it in easier situations. So relationships really are a place where they stress us. They make us deal with difficulties. And they make us deal with our issues, and often in quite an intense way. So relationships are not the easiest place to start this work. It's uh, easier to start dealing with ego and spirit in in other smaller intuitions, learning to do a massage and feel the right places to put your hands, learning to feel what is the right thing to do today, the right action. What's the next step for you and what kind of food do I need to eat today? These things coming from an intuitive inspired place is perhaps an easier place to find your intuitive inspired self than to jump into trying to deal with finding that intuitive inspired self in conflict or even in the positive aspects of relationship because passion is still there and and it's very strong and it gets us kind of knotted up. But if you're willing to take the challenge, then jump in and try. Try and find that inspired voice that speaks to you every moment and doesn't necessarily tell you what to do, but somehow inspires you towards action. It's not always a a voice like an intuitive guide that says, now move your left hand. There's a certain level of the flow just flows through you and it feels creative and inspired like a Uh, a dancer, a musician improvising. I'm using the word inspired a lot. But it's an important word. Inspire, to breathe in. And we're breathing in not just the air, but the spirit. In some languages many languages, air and spirit have a close connection. So we have words like inspire, which is to breathe in. 
inspire that that word that part of the word inspire spire is the same word that we get spirit from in hebrew the word ruach ruach means wind and it also means spirit In many languages it's the same. So it's very important to breathe in that deep spiritual part of ourselves. And this inspiration is perhaps a large part of what enables us to live well in all situations, not just relationships, but to believe in, to, to, to breathe in, not to believe in, rather to breathe in God, spirit, love, light, whatever you call it, and allow that to inspire us, to guide us, to lead us in the right direction.